Hello and welcome to the Chase Family Church podcast. This week, Martin sets a vision for small groups in our church. We also hear from some of the other staff members and key leaders as to where God is leading their ministries this year. Had to dash and get the overflow sound working. Wonderful. Um, So, yeah, Martin asked me just to come and briefly talk about this coming year and kids ministry and kind of what that's what that's looking like so as as Pete said we're starting groups again today and we've got an amazing team of people that are um, running our kids ministry and teaching our kids and I guess our heart for it is that we alongside parents we're equipping our children to love Jesus more to hear from him to minister in the power of the Holy Spirit to be moving in the gifts that God has given them. And we want to fan those into flame, don't we? We want to see our children grow and develop and become what God has called them to be. So that's where we're going with it. Um, There'll be some um, events that we'll hopefully run over this coming year, um, pandemic providing, obviously, and we will be looking um, at what the other things that we can do. Hopefully, this year we'll be I'll be getting into some schools as well. So, looking at trying to um, get into some primary schools, maybe getting some people to come with me, do some lessons, assemblies, see where God opens doors there, and. And there was something else I was thinking. No, I've forgotten what it was. So, yeah, so we've got some things coming ahead, and it's exciting. Oh, parenting, that's it. We're going to continue this year doing our online meets with parents, and something that I'm going to be taking over this year just to encourage one another, probably cry together, um, and realize that we, we get things wrong, all of us, um, but we keep going and we do our best. And um, our prayer is that God will God will lead on in that. So that's what we're doing with that. Do you want me to talk anything about tech as well? Well, it's just it's just m- another part of my job. So um, yeah, so we're this year we're ex- it's exciting to have some you know, new people around and having um, the new encounter students. Some of those guys are, are, are tech savvy as well. So we're going to hopefully be developing some of our media over this next year, which will be exciting as we've got a little bit more capacity. So that's less than a minute. Back to Martin. Dear Lord and Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for Kevin, Rachel, and all the children's workers who are out doing this amazing job at this time. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are opening new opportunities for us to take the love of Christ into schools and so on, Lord, and that is so exciting. Lord, so often people like Pathway and so on are the only mention that is made of Jesus in schools. And so, Lord, we want to um, ask that you would lead us forward in this respect. Lord, as well as teaching in church, Lord, we want to see your name lifted up outside of church and into these schools. So, Father, thank you for giving us Kev and Rachel and all the team that get behind him with, with children's ministry. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Um, so Firestorm is starting up this week, officially back at, uh, on this Friday. Um, before the summer, we had, I'd say, roughly about 
20 young people coming on a Friday night, um, which was such a big difference to like the year before that. We had no young people coming because we were all online. They didn't want to come. They didn't want to do it online anymore because it had been too long. So we've slowly been building them, building it up, getting them to invite their friends, which has been amazing over the last year. So we have about 20 young people coming on a Friday, and you can hear them out there as well. <laughs> uh, they're very loud. Um, but they're slowly inviting their friends as well, which is amazing, and like from their schools and their neighbours, which has been amazing. Um, a big prayer point, I'd say, would be for them to come back this September, uh, that we see those new faces we started to see at the end of the year, last year. Um, we have a lot of things coming up in the year as well. We, last year we managed to go to Lesson Hall, which was amazing for the young people to get away. Um, and we hope that that is going to continue this Easter coming up. So um, that's a big prayer point. Um, yeah, I'd love to see also this year, we would like to see them in their schools, like starting to use and stuff like that, because that was happening before, but uh, it's been hard to, to get that started up again as well. Um, yeah, uh, trying to think. Um, also, we have Delta going on out there as well, which um, they're it's starting to become a very small room in there. <laughs> There's so many in there, and it's been very cramped. Um, so it's a big prayer that we can or have be able to have space to do to do that and uh, just to facilitate that. Is there anything else to add? There's some well. Um, there's some bigger like prayer points. For a long time at Firestorm, we've not had many girls. Um, I don't know, for the guys, the younger guys, um, they're, they're wanting more girls. But no, uh, like, just pray, pray for more girls to come. Like, Firestorm is not only a boys' club, um, it's a mixed gender. So, um, Pray for more girls to mix up the dynamic. Um, we have some new girls coming in as well, or like recently came in, and we're just looking to like create a community where everyone has someone to talk to, everyone has something to say to people. Um, also, me and Claire were able to go to a festival called Limitless Festival this year, um, and it's something that we really want to take our youth to um, next summer. Um, but obviously, with Letting Hall. Um, like limitless potentially like fina financial uh, stuff could be an issue um, so if we're praying into our finances as well as a church just to that we can facilitate that or um, do from some fundraising or anyone has any great ideas on how to make money <laughs> uh, let us know just so that we can give our youth like a good upstep to like to experience God I, I know going to festivals all this summer like what God is doing um and especially as a young person, like, I feel like I really missed out on stuff like that. Well, I wasn't a Christian then, so I probably wouldn't have gone to Soul Survivor. Or, um, but when I did, even at my, my age now, um, like, I experienced God in a new way. Um, and I think if I experience God like that, like, I'm not saying like, if I do it, anyone can do it. But the young people even more with their friends to be in community around each other, meet other youth groups. Um, for us as leaders as well, to engage with other youth leaders, um, just to get going. And like, we want to build Firestorm up again, just to have, like, we want a big youth ministry. Or not necessarily in numbers, but in people, like in a sense, 
We want them to be good believers and and know the word of God and ex- have experienced God at a young age because I think it will be a detrimental thing. Like God is there to, to be seen and we just need to be able to facilitate that. Well, you know, the future of the church is the unfinished mission. We still got to do. That's why it's so important. So uh, Hannah's going to pray for us. <coughs> Father, I thank you for young people, Lord. I thank you for Claire and Callum taking this on. Lord, I pray um, for every young person that is in Firestorm and that will be touched by Firestorm, that you'd put a fire in their belly that is from you, that is from heaven, that will not burn out, that the lamps would be burning when you return Jesus that the lamps would still be burning Lord and I pray that you would start that in these young people now Lord through these different um, festivals and things and just through meeting on Fridays and Sundays or even just at school in their lunch breaks that that the fire of God would fall and would come and would change their lives and I pray Lord that um, the seed would fall onto good soil Lord Jesus, and that there would be friendships that will last for the lifetime. In Jesus' name, amen. and they have a lovely time and coming into these difficult times for many people we want to be available in whatever way we can so will you bless this ministry will you reach out into the community and draw people here you said if I be lifted up I will draw all men unto me we lift up the name of Jesus this morning we declare you are king of kings and lord of lords amen Pete Okay, so I'm going to just talk a couple of things about from a worship perspective. And um, really for me, um, one of my highlights this year has been when we went out, took worship out on the streets and into Enfield Town and um, into specifically the Library Green, where there were lots of people around, you know, and um, we kind of did it in conjunction with um, the the Message Trust sending a, a group of young people to our church from all different areas and they were with us um, kind of going out with some of the guys from this church as well um, really just having conversations with people on the streets and we saw some amazing things happen we saw people get saved and healed we had um, there were people that we met who um, said um, they literally just prayed to God to, uh, to send them someone to speak to you know because they were seeking God and they were hungry and then they didn't quite know how to reach out and then one of our guys was right there to speak to them and to say, hi, you know, can I pray for you for something? And it was like, wow, you know, God had already been ministering to that person. So um, we really saw a lot of things happen. But I, I believe that, you know, when we bring worship outside, when we bring worship 
you know, into a space where there's lots of people who don't know God, it kind of um, allows for, um, you know, the presence of God, a move of his power, you know, and it also, um, I think it, um, it helps people soften their hearts, you know, and receive um, where perhaps in a normal situation they would be a, a lot more, you know, closed off. So um, one of the things we want to do is actually not just have that as, as a one-off, but to continue that um, and carry that on um, and do something once a month where we go out onto um, the library green and we have worship, we have singing, and we also have, um, you know, just witnessing evangelism um, and do that in conjunction. So um, we haven't got a, a starting date yet, and that will come soon, but we're going to aim to do this on Sunday afternoon. So we're already here at church, go and get some lunch, and then come back, and then we're going to go out on the library green for a couple of hours. And, um, yeah, I'd love for, to see many people joining in, and um, we'll let you know when that starts. Yeah, fantastic. Thank you very much. Oh, yeah. Put that one back. Uh, uh, move. Yeah, that's uh, not good, is it? Andy, you can uh, pray for that. That's good. Father, we thank you that um, in your word it says uh, that when we lift up the name of Jesus, then you draw people to yourself. Mm. And uh, we we pray for this witness that as uh, as we go out from the church, as we lift up the name of Jesus, so you will draw people to yourself. We pray this will be fruitful. And uh, Lord God, where um, where we may be fearful, uh, may where we may be worried about ourselves and our own reputation, uh, Lord God, we pray that uh, we would look to you and we would see that you are the greatest. You mm. are greater than anything or anyone else. What better thing can we do than to lift up the name of Jesus, Amen. the greatest name? And uh, Lord God, we pray for courage and confidence as we step out this year in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Suze. Uh, so, Encounter um, starts in t uh, a week tomorrow. Um, we have three students coming, which is really exciting. Yay, come on. Uh, two students are going to be based with us here. They're both going to be from Germany. And one arrives tomorrow, and the other one arrives on Friday uh, because of visa issues. And it's a very long, boring story, but they're arriving separately. Um, so we've got Hannah, who is arriving tomorrow, and she's going to be living with Andy and Sue. And we've got Leonie, who is arriving on Friday, and she's going to be living with Julia and Kevin. Uh, so we're really grateful for them, for putting them up. It's great. Really pleased for them. Um, so Hannah and Leonie are going to be based here. And we've got another student also called Hannah. So that's going to get really confusing. Um, so it'll be kind of German Hannah, British Hannah. Um, but so British Hannah is going to be based at Enfield Vineyard, which we're really excited about. It's the first time we've been able to place somebody in another church, bless that church with a gap year student. So Hannah's going to be doing all her training with us. She's going to be coming to KLM on a Thursday, she'll be around, you might see her. I think she's going to bring the young people to Firestorm. Um, so you will see her around. Um, but uh, we're going to bless Enfield Vineyard with her as well. So that's really exciting. She's living just around the corner with someone from their church. So, yeah, really excited about what's, what's going to happen. And so we start on the 12th uh, with our residential. 
Um, and then we officially start the training on the Monday the 19th. So if you want to come to the training, you're very welcome to. It's every Monday. Um, and so, yeah, we're just, we're just looking forward to what's in store this year, hoping to help out with some of the school's work that might be happening. Um, just to say as well, we're going to be doing Bible in a year. Um, which is actually in less than a year because it's an encounter year. Um, and so who did this last year? A few people. Leslie, well done. Um, so I, I did it too, and it's, it's quite different, this one. So usually you have um, you know, an Old Testament, New Testament, and a psalm each day. But this one, um, mo- Sundays it goes through the epistles, Mondays it's the law, Tuesday it's history. So there's something different each day, and it's a different way of going through the Bible. So if you would like to join us in that, the Gapy students are going to be doing it, I'm going to be doing it again. There are copies of this on the welcome desk. It doesn't start yet. It starts when we start Encounter. So there's dates on there as well. Um, and there's also d- tick boxes, because I'm one of those people that I like to tick off when I've done something. So if you would like to do that and join us in that, um, I find it really helpful doing things like this when I know other people are doing it, because it makes me do it, and it reminds me to do it. So please join us with that as well. So the girls are going to be here on Sunday. You get to meet them. And um, they, uh, they're, they're German. Uh, they're German. They're English. They're German's very good. Uh, they're English. <laughs> isn't as good as Emma's. Um, so we just need to, Emma was supremely good at English. Um, and so we just need to be aware of that. So um, yeah, it'd be great if you could pray for the girls as they come and they get settled into their new families and into the new church. But yeah, exciting. We wanted to do is just give you a taster of some of the things that are going on. And as they open up, and uh, I just want to pray for everything that goes on with Encounter. But, you know, just to say there's some, uh, another thing that's happened. Um, another organization or church group uh, has heard about our training and asked if they can send their two students to our training. So isn't that good? You see the words, God's doing something here. And we have one or two other things that might come off as well. We may even have a couple of other people for different reasons. And we'll explain that when they come. But, you know, we may have changed and come out of the grammar school but we're in a different place. We're really excited about what's going ahead of us. And so, you know, raise your game, because I think it's going to be some difficult times ahead. For uh, um, I'm not talking for us. I think we need to be ready to receive those that are going to go through difficult times. Um, You know, just as an aside, I was talking to Andy um, the last two days, and we talked about a warm bank. And I said, what on earth is a warm bank? But Carl Beach has been talking about it, asking whether a church could open up for a day and have a room that's warm. Now, I think we're going to think about these things over the winter. And I want to encourage you, if you have any ideas like this, then come and talk to us. Because we've got to look for different ways to love on our community and really help them. All right? And these, it might be simple things like that. We just open it up. Yeah, it'll cost us for the day. Come on, that's nothing. Keeping people warm, giving them a warm drink, having a place where they can feel comfortable and safe. That's important. just want to pray for encounter if we could. Thank you, Lord, that you're putting before us um, tasks that we recognize have your name stamped upon it. And I want to pray for encounter as it grows this year. Lord, uh, as Susan and I very much earlier on in, in last year had no idea what you had for us. And here we are um, with three students this year. And Lord, we want to pray that this work will grow. It will help not only our church, but other churches in Enfield, to be strengthened, not to not feel isolated and alone. 
but the support is there and round the corner for them. Pray for these girls that they would make friends within the church. They would find themselves very much at home here. And Lord, as we reach out um, and evangelize and meet, meet the community, I want to pray, Lord, that our hearts will recognize what you want us to do and how you want us to be to our neighbors. So Lord, be with us this morning as we continue now in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah, and big thank you to Suze for all the work she does. You know, I have to tell you, so much to encounter and what goes on and the, the work behind it. And I want to continue on. Um, this week and next, we're going to be looking at small groups. And you may think, oh, right, well, I've been there before for some of you. Um, and others will be thinking, I don't know what you're going on about. Well, this church came out of house church movement. Ken started it 56 years ago, thereabouts, I'm guessing now. <laughs> 54, was it? Oh, 54, goodness me. Um, but you know, isn't it amazing what God's done through man and wife who laid their lives down for God? You know, they've been through a lot of the pain barrier that we didn't have to go through. And I know that because I was in other churches that used to call them weird. <laughs> All right? But praise God, um, you know, he's he stuck firm to the word and here we are. All right? But it comes out of house church. And, and so today... You know, I want to say a little bit about it, and then next week, Ken's going to be putting some more theology and things to it, I'm sure. Um, we have a strap line, which I like, on the bottom of, our, bottom of our stands, and it says, together around Jesus. And if there's one favorite line of mine, that's it for us as a church, together around Jesus. And here we are, we're not a large group here, it, but nevertheless, sometimes it's too large to be intimate. And so... You know, today I want to just look at these things. Let me say, where, let me ask you a question. Where can you see the greatest model of, well, unlimited, spontaneous expansion of a local congregation? <laughs> Anywhere? Okay. Where do you see the greatest growth, shall we say? Well, let me tell you. It's the book of Acts. Yeah. It's the book of Acts. The, the church of Jerusalem gives us the greatest model ever, in my mind, of an explosive growth of the church. In fact, I think the church's growth described in the book of Acts is nothing short of a miracle. Come on, it really is. At the beginning of Acts, we see that there is like 120 believers in one room. But it's interesting, you get to um, chapter 4, and suddenly... It's grown already to 5,000. And, and it says 5,000 men. And most scholars believe that actually it could be between um, about 15,000. Because if you include women and children. So by the time we get to Acts 21, we learn that there are tens of thousands of believers in the early church. Most scholars believe here that it could be as much as between 50 and 100,000 people in the church. So in just... 25 years, the church grew from 120 to at least 50,000 plus. That is amazing. That is God. <laughs> There's no other way. But my first question, I realized, was this. Where in the world did all these people go? And in Acts chapter 5, verse 42, it says this. Every day they spent time in the temple and in one home or another... They never stopped teaching and telling the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. They met in large groups 
for worship and they met in small groups for fellowship. And I would say that this biblical strategy still works today. And if our church is going to be healthy, it must be growing larger and smaller at the same time. Now, what I mean by that is larger through celebration, through um, service and worship, and, small, and the smaller through the small groups. What did these first small groups do? Think about all that explosive growth. Whatever they did, we should do now. Turn with me, if you would, if you've got a Bible, to Acts chapter 2. Just going to read a few verses, very familiar verses. It'll come up on the screen if you haven't brought your Bible with you. Acts chapter 2 and verse uh, 42, we're going to go from, read from verse 41. And with many other words, he testified, this is Peter, and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. Imagine if 3,000 people gave their life to the Lord here today. Well, one, we haven't got 3,000 in front of us, but you get the concept. It would be huge, wouldn't it? And it says, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, and in the breaking of bread and in prayer. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common, and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all, uh, among all who had any need. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. And I have a remote, but I can't see it. Is it? Oh, yes, there it is. There we go. So if we have um, something on the screen, I believe. Should have one there? Yeah, thank you. They grew spiritually. In verse 42, it starts off, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. It appears that the apostles were teaching in the temple courts on Sunday, and the people were studying their teaching in greater depth in their homes. And as they did so, they, so they grew in spiritual maturity. They spent time in fellowship. The Bible says they broke bread in their homes and ate together. They worshipped, they devoted themselves to the breaking of bread of prayer, and they were praising God. You see, the early church in their small groups participated in communion and worship together. They ministered to one another. The Bible says they sold property and possessions to give to one another, to anyone who had need. House groups became an outlet for support. They helped one another in practical ways in meeting needs. They evangelized the lost. It says the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Well, if people were coming to know Christ on a daily basis, that means that they saw 365 people get saved that year. Conversions were happening. And that only happens if these groups are engaging in their God-given mission sharing of the good news. 
You know, we have small groups in the church. Actually, could I ask those who run small groups to just stand up for a moment? All right, yep, Callum and... Yeah, Jason, we'll let you stay on the seat well over there, but okay. You know, these people have been continuing small groups throughout COVID. Some of them got on WhatsApp, Zoom, some went for a walk in the park. <laughs> Any way to keep the relationship going. And it's vital. I want to say to you, well done and thank you, because that's vital. But we need more groups. And I pray that it stirs you up. So I want to pray a blessing on you right now. I want to pray, Lord, that you would bless these groups, that they would multiply, that out of it others will come who make a decision to try another group and, and move on and set another group up. I want to pray that you will give favor in these groups. You'll continue to work by your spirit where there'll be healing and deliverance and people being set free as they meet in ministry. The needs will be met. They'll start reaching out to their community. It'll be impacting their neighbors and their friends. Father, thank you for each one of them. Let your favor and your blessing be upon them now, I pray in Jesus' name. Thank you very much, guys. We appreciate you. We really do. Thank you. Have a seat. You know, I would say that um, these small groups, they were very purpose-driven, purpose-driven small groups, if you like. And they covered at least five areas, worship, fellowship, discipleship, ministry, and evangelism. And typically, small groups today only fulfill sometimes one or two of those purposes. If our small groups are going to be healthy, they need to take hold of at least these five biblical principles of worship, fellowship, discipleship, ministry, and evangelism. But let me ask something. I just said that they were getting added, people being added to the church daily there. This year, just gone, how many people came to know the Lord on a daily basis? Or a weekly basis? Or a monthly basis? Or did anyone get saved in that year? This is a challenge I put to myself as well as to you. The Great Commission is go. Now, we don't have to go far. You can walk down the street, there are people that are unsaved that don't know Jesus. I, I struggle with that sort of courage, but I, I tell you, Callum, he has this courage to just go up to people and talk to them and, and about Jesus, and he just does it. It's amazing. I like to stand behind him when that happens, you know, <laughs> and then join in later. But, you know, we've got to find a way to reach the lost. And in your groups, you can start to pray. I remember some years ago, Andrew Ray did a, um, one of his drawings and diagrams, if you remember those things, about getting to know your neighbors and the length of time it took on average. But he said, come on, let's be quick to get to know your neighbors. Start praying for them in a new way. You know? Okay. I, I love the fact that we, are, we come out of the house church movement. Because what I see in this nation at the moment, and a lot of um, uh, restored churches, shall I say, um, the new church, are finding out that small groups are important. Um, I recently read that you know, Steve Apple has, is say, encouraging his church, he's got a large church, to be thinking much more about the small groups. And I know other, um, Jared Cooper, I think was another one, wasn't it, Pete, you were talking about that. And uh, you know, we should be used to this, 
because that's our history. And so I want to encourage us uh, today to step out into this. Uh, the values are so good. Um, and perhaps, you know, I'm going to touch on some of that. You know, the groups go by different names if you look around the, the country. Oh, hello. <laughs> um, there's, you know, we say small groups. There used to be cell groups, if you remember. Then there was care groups, discipleship groups, house groups, grace groups, missional communities. And I suppose today we have breakout groups, don't we, through Zoom and things like that. Whatever they're called, the basic idea is the same. A small gathering of people interested in spiritual growth. So here's why, for me, small groups are important. Right, there it is. Um, okay, I thought this might just happen. You might have to click the button for me, I think. Yes. Small groups foster close relationships and integral community. The small group atmosphere is ready-made for building friendships. People talk more in small groups. People are quick to recognize needs and help to meet them. The relationships formed within small groups form a strong fabric within the church. Relationships that are formed outside of the church, sometimes artificial, um, setting off a church service, a setting of a church service, are relationships that will endure and strengthen over time. Some of you have been in groups for years. And that friendship that you've developed can be even stronger than blood relatives. Because you, you know what it is to rely on your friends and your group leaders. And so through those difficult times, they've been the ones that have been supporting you. When you've got something to celebrate, you want to celebrate it with them. And that's how it should be. We're called the body of Christ, the family of Christ. And this is what being family is about. Walking alongside people. It says they... Oops, no, wrong, move it. Small groups worship, uh, provide a comfortable introduction for non-believers in Christian faith. Most of us tend to fear relationship forming, especially when it involves sharing our faith with someone. And this is a, a, a natural and understandable fear. But inviting someone instead to a small group meeting provides a way of involving a believer to meeting other believers in a community. They can watch them live out their life. They can listen to them pray. They can hear them sharing God's work in their life and learning more about the Bible. The non-believer is more likely to ask questions and get answers and form relationships with the believers in a small group. Small groups are a powerful missional tool allowing for the greater spread of the gospel among non-believers in our community. I remember some years ago when Jeremy and Sheena ran the Willow Group, and I may have got the facts wrong, so some of you that were in it. I remember there was someone who joined the group who was, who was either a new Christian or was just getting saved. What I loved was the whole group knew it. And instead of con continuing on with something deep that they'd been going on, they got back to basics and walked through with them. Isn't that how it should be? And we're going to see a lot of that. I really believe it. We're going to have people presented on our doorsteps who are going to ask, how do I know Jesus? Put your arm around them and share his love. That's what we're going to do. 
and house groups have that ideal opportunity to do that. Let's try this once more. Oh, I went, it worked then, don't believe it. Uh, small groups provide an ideal way to care for the needs of people within the church. When one believer is a, in a small group is struggling, whether it be financially or emotionally, um, it can be spiritually and sociably too, it, it is much easier for the members in the group to notice and to provide help. In a larger audience, you can sometimes get a bit lost in that area. And the structure of a small group is essentially a community of believing friends. Friends should help one another, particularly Christian friends. Small groups provide a way for Christians to live out their faith instead of merely hearing from uh, more preaching or teaching. So if Sunday morning is for listening, then the rest of the week is for living whether it's discussing the Sunday sermon, talking about spiritual battles, uh, or simply praying for one another, small groups create a context for Christians to live out their faith in real life. Yes. Small groups participate in focused prayer for one another. Prayer cannot be overrated, but it's often under-practiced. And small groups are, are the ideal place to pray for one another. You know, it takes a few minutes to share something, doesn't it? And when you share that, you know, in your house group, you make yourself vulnerable. But if you've learned to walk with these people, you know they're going to put your, their arm around you and say, okay, let's pray about this. Let's see what God's word has to say about it. And you, you walk with them. I know that if I was to go around this room, I'd be testimony one after another of how people have been helped in the body of Christ. And these small groups are the ideal place for that to happen. Small groups provide a comfortable atmosphere for openness. You know, one thing I like about small groups is they usually meet in homes. And there are at least 26 references, I found out, to um, homes in the Bible. They're not all in Acts as well, in Romans, Corinthians, and Philemon. Um, and homes are usually comfortable places, aren't they? Places devoid of rows of chairs, or PA systems, and stages. You know, it's a place where there's intimacy. We get that opportunity to share and to listen, to learn, and to grow together. Small groups allow for mutual edification among believers. It's easy to depend upon the professionals to give out a spiritual food. According to the Bible, God gives spiritual gifts to all believers, not just to the guy who's preaching at the front on a Sunday morning. The gift, these gifts are the benefit for the whole church. We believe in the priesthood of all believers. We firmly believe in that. Every Christian should minister to other Christians with his or her gifts. And this happens most naturally and effectively in the small groups. Plus, we start to realize that other believers face the same problems we do. How many times do you go to a house group and you share something and they go, yeah, I, I, I know, I've been there. And you go, oh, it's not just me. Oh, okay. All right. And we need that type of Emotional support. 
Small groups encourage better learning. Listening to a sermon is a great way to learn the word. But it is, it is, easy, sorry, it is easy to become detached or daydream, daydream during a sermon, of which I know none of you are being at the moment, are you? You're all paying every bit of attention. <coughs> Thank you, Anna. <laughs> we become passive listeners, don't we? And, you know, not, that's not so in a small group. You know, Pete mentioned about um, the last six weeks we've been doing midweek moments. Hasn't it been great? We've got a bit of worship, time of worship together. And then uh, we just get a little bit of teaching and we discuss it in small groups. And suddenly there's that vibrancy. I mean, I left on most evenings thinking, oh, I wish it went on a bit longer because I was enjoying it. And that's what the word of God should be to us. It should be a, a meal that we start to have together when the word of God is encourager, encouraging us. Small groups provide a source of encouragement and accountability. It's easy to slip in and out of church, particularly in the large mega church type of things there where you can get lost. But also in a you know, small average sized church, people may be coming each Sunday, but not getting involved. And these people may need some accountability in their lives. They need some encouragement in the walk with God or help in some way. And small groups provide that outlet. They provide a way to better meet these needs. And then lastly, I put this one, number 10, small groups help to cultivate leadership within the church. Sometimes, you know, someone has to lead the group uh, and, and, or at least facilitate the discussion. And, and it reminds me of how, um, when I look back at Pete, um, if I can use you for a moment, but there was a time, you know, where he was a, a Delta leader in the young people. And... Little did we know then, that was a foundation for him to become eventually an elder. And that's years ago, you know. And what God has done is to grow him up to be a really good elder within the church. You're really blessed with this man to be here. And, uh, you know, get behind these guys and pray for them. And, you know, they're doing fantastic work. But it did make me think how we grow leaders. I speak to quite a few other church leaders and... Um, one leader from not so far from, uh, from here, quite a large church, and he said, how do you get leaders? Oh, I, <laughs> I beg your pardon. Um, because they're sent by their denomination leaders. And so they have to sort of interview a bit, but they take on these people, which is fine. But I said, look, you've got a large church here. Don't you have them in small groups and grow them? He said, well, not really. Now, we, I was encouraging him and said, well, Matt, who could you take? You know, maybe there's some people you can pick out, and we talked about it, and he's thinking and praying about that, but it's a big leap for him. But here, we do it naturally. We're always encouraging him. How about you having a go? You know, I'm, I'm the worst. If you say to me, oh, um, I think we should do this or we do that, then I'm very likely to say, well, good, have a go. <laughs> All right? Because that's, that's what we do. And if you have a go, I'll be behind you. I'm right there. But that's what we want to do, isn't it? Encourage one another in leadership. And I just want to say that over these next few um, months, probably weeks, months or so, um, Pete is heading up um, the group leaders along with Andy Frost. They're going to be working new strategies. The Lord is calling. <laughs> um, and, you know, 
maybe you're going to have some ideas. Maybe, or perhaps even today you're thinking you have a burning desire to start a small group. Great, come and talk to us. You know, or maybe you meet with some people, some friends now who, who aren't Christians, but you think you'd like to make it into a group. Sometimes we think about groups being too Christian-y sometimes, but you can use them as to outreach. A friend of mine locally in another church here, he's got a bit of time, and he, he joined the Bowls Club. I went, really? <laughs> um, but he's made some really great friends there, and it turns out there's another Christian and blow me down, they're starting to pray for the people there. And guess what? They're forming a little group. Now, what's to stop you from doing that? Maybe there are people you're working with. Maybe there are friends that you meet at the school gate or something like that. And you just, you know you're building relationships. When does evangelism start? It starts the moment you start to talk to somebody. Because you befriend them. The love of Jesus and his aroma is on you. So when you talk to somebody, it permeates them. They don't know that, but we do because the Bible tells us. The atmosphere changes when we as Christians walk into a room. Why? Because we carry Jesus. And I love what God's doing to us, individually and corporately. And we're learning to love each other better every day. Let's continue to do that. Look out for one another. Small groups is a place where we can do that. Oh, so much more I could say. But I'm going to... Um, ah, right. The, I have three questions here. What have you learned about being part of a small group today? What do you think could be added to a small group or any new ideas, basically? And if you are in a group, share what it's like to others. Now, you thought this was a nice, gentle, job, uh, gentle time together. Get into groups of five or six or whatever it takes and discuss those three questions together, where you are now. Or you can move around a little bit. That's it. It's over to you for a few minutes, and then I'll get you back. Have some background music there. Yeah, turn around, you two. Turn around and join the team there. You've got a team there by the look of it. That's good.
Okay, just got a couple of minutes, start wrapping up your conversations. What I always find about these um, times where you break into groups um, is that you end up talking to people about so many other things and it just goes to prove my point. You're in small groups and you get to have that time of intimacy, don't you? You get that time of talking with one another. You know, you could, out of what's going on here, I guarantee some of you will be thinking, well, we should pray about that. Or, you know, maybe you don't. Um, okay, just as an aside, if I may, has any, um, well, Okay, let me ask. Anybody got anything they want to say about what they might have learned this morning out of small groups? <laughs> Good, okay. Can you grab that microphone there, please? Um, we were just talking about what you said about how uh, Jesus permeates from us and, and how, without us knowing, yeah. he, he, he is working through us. And, uh, and how that has an impact. So we thought that was important. Good, yeah, thank you. This isn't really about what has happened this or what we've learned this morning, but I just really want to share about small groups and how I came into the church through a small group. Praise God. Um, most of you know Tina Delahaye, but I met her when our children were really little at a swimming class. I was, al I was already a Christian, and I wasn't swimming, the children were swimming. Um, I was already a Christian, but not in a very thriving church. And she invited <laughs> me to a small group. And, you know, you have all the problems with your young children, getting them looked after and all that. But I did it. And Deb was the house group leader <laughs> at really? the time. Oh, wow. Okay. I mean, she's come and gone since then and come back again. But <laughs> I've never, <laughs> never, you know, being in the church I was in, I've never experienced anything like that small mm. group, the love between them. Uh, you mentioned something about listening to more mature Christians pray. Well, I haven't got a clue, mm. you know, not a clue. And hearing them pray and pray in the spirit and loving one another. And it was, it, it was incredibly exciting, but yeah. very, very challenging because, well, for lots of reasons, let's leave it at that. Um, but ever since then, I've been in endless small groups, um, mm. learning things from people, 
meeting people and um, loving and supporting others, not me, you know, mm. them loving and supporting me, but my current small group, um, we've had some unbelievable challenges in it mm. in terms of pastoral support for people. Yeah, I'm um, sure. And, and I'll just say two. I mean, one of the members, their daughter committed suicide, mm. you know, which I have to keep reminding myself because she's come... You know, they're mm. amazing, the, the couple. And also with Vicky's son-in-law mm. dying of cancer. You know, so, but we loved and supported right. each other through that. But we've also had some amazing celebrations as well. We had an 80th birthday party uh, and the same year a 90th birthday party. <laughs> um, and the 90th birthday party, the lady this year is 95. Wow. And we're still going to her house to meet for small groups. So, you know, we have these... I just cannot say talk highly enough about small groups no. because it's amazing, absolutely. When amazing. you want to celebrate, this is the group to join, obviously. And another person, Margaret, was in the original yeah. small group. Yeah. And but you know, we're still friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still friends Are with. Them. <laughs> but I, I just cannot speak highly enough of yeah. small groups. Thank you, Leslie. Yeah. Anybody else want to say anything on that? Go on, Pete. We were just talking from, um, I think especially from the perspective of the young adults group, that um, one of the things that stood out to us was about training, uh, raising leaders, and something that perhaps we hadn't really thought much about before. It's interesting. Um, but um, the importance of taking risks, you know, because it's easy to kind of do you know, a weekly thing or, mm. you know, and, and sort of do the same thing every week. But actually, if you're going to raise leaders, you've got to take risks and you've got to get Absolutely. out there and, you know, do things and give opportunities. And that's something that I think we're, we're going to learn from. Well done. That's great. Anybody got any new ideas that they thought, well, hang on, here's something you could do for as a group. We Have you ever tried that? Anybody got any new ideas? I'm itching for new ideas. Don't all shout at once, obviously. Um, Okay, well, if you do have ideas and you think, yeah, I want to get to that place, then come and speak to us because we would love to have um, ways of reaching out to our church and the community that might be new. Okay, now, the last three questions that we're not going to get to discuss because that's not what they're about, but let me ask, are you part of a small group or would you like to be part of a small group? And then is there anything stopping you from joining a small group? I want to tell you over the next few months, we're going to um, be showing you that uh, we want everybody in the church to be in a group, or at least know that they're part of a group. We know some people can't get there for different reasons, health reasons, and, and things like this. But we want to make sure that everybody knows that they've got someone they can speak to. So we're going to be working on that, and uh, then... We want to meet, obviously have as many active groups as we can. Because as people get saved, we want to be saying, right, go to this group. I love the way Pete Cody works, I'll just tell you. When he sees a new person come in the church, he goes straight up to them. He says, by the way, if you want to join a small group, here we are. <laughs> That's the way to do it, all right? Um, but talk to these people, because it's lovely when you have new people come in and join the church. It's quite fresh to do that. Okay, the band, I'm going to ask the band if you'd like to come on up. I'm going to pray. Can we stand?
Lord, we want to thank you for the church that you've put us in. We want to thank you for the opportunity we have. Sorry, I've got two microphones here. I'm not causing you trouble. I'll back to this one. We want to thank you, Father, that you've put us here in Chase Family Church and that we have the blessing of being able to be part of small groups within the church. I pray you would speak to our hearts today. Urge us, Lord, to make haste to be part of something where we can have fellowship one with another on a more intimate level. Come, Holy Spirit, minister to us. Now, Lord, as we celebrate, as we worship together, we just let all the hindrances of the world bypass us. And we focus on Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We want to give you praise and declare that you are our King of kings. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus.